Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. He was here. Sauron was here. Tell the others to rest while they can. At sunrise we move on. Let's take the search farther north. Further north? This mark was left as a trail for orcs to follow. The last time I saw it was on my brother. We must follow it. The mark is centuries old. Whoever left it could be long dead. Or lying in wait, gathering strength, perfecting whatever dark art eluded him here. We exceeded our orders months ago. Surely we must first return home to take counsel with the High King. I promise you there is not a soul amongst our company who yearns for home more than I. I can still feel the light of the trees on my face. I can still see it. And until we are certain, every trace of our enemy is vanquished. I can never return. That was uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, new episodes every Friday on Amazon Prime Video. James Dempsey uh, joins us once again. Uh, afternoon, James. Good afternoon. Uh, now, th- I did read one review in the Irish Times <laughs> where the reviewer pointed out that the, the kind of, uh, um, there's one community of people yeah. who are like Irish. Uh, and the Hobbits. The Hobbits. Uh, yeah, and there's another community of like Scottish sounded people, but the elves all come from Surrey or something. <laughs> so it is... Did you notice that? I mean, you can't not notice it, right? Yeah. But like, here's the thing, kind of, rece- uh, whatever, RP, right? RP in my Irish accent, right? Yeah, but right. RP is like, uh, is the voice of fantasy, right? Yes. Like, that has just become the de facto... That meaning received pronunciation. Exactly, yes, yes. right? Has become the, the, the de facto language of fantasy. And, and it doesn't matter what fantasy show you watch... Usually, like, obviously I can't say British Isles because we don't geographically or politically <laughs> recognise that, but the collection of islands on the western of Europe, on the western side of Europe, seems to be um, the voice of fantasy, right? Yeah. Now, to be honest, okay, so there, like, <laughs> there's a bit where you're kind of watching Lenny Henry, who who is one of these Harfoots, <laughs> and they are, and I, like, I, you know, I, I read The Lord of the Rings uh, when I was, like, a teenager, and I thought it was really boring. <laughs> and I never read any more of the lore, right? right? But my understanding is the Harfoots are like a, a, a precursor to the Hobbits, right? Yeah. And we could, you know, there's a bit where you're watching Lenny Henry kind of stumbling around as as Sadok Burroughs, that's his name. And he's this kind of sage wise man amongst the Harfoots. And he's doing his kind of sage Irish accent. It, it really reminded me of like when French and Saunders used to do those like movie parodies at Christmas time, right? <laughs> but then I got over it yeah, because at the yeah. end of the day, this is a made up thing, yes, right? Of course, yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. you know, I could I could invest time in being annoyed by their stage Irish accents. But there's really no point, right? Mm. Now, the thing about The Lord of the Rings is, obviously, Amazon is, like, betting... I mean, okay, they're not betting the farm on it, right? They have other income revenue streams than this. But it's like a billion or something. Well, yeah. yeah. They, so the, the reported uh, budget of everything, that is yeah. to say, acquiring the rights from Warner Brothers and the Tolkien family, making the show, paying the writers hiring the vast uh, security guards that they have hired in order to keep it all under wraps and make Mm. sure it doesn't get pirated or released early or anything like that is about a billion dollars. And and the thing about it is um, when you're watching it, it looks rich, 
right? There is mm. like no denying, you know, uh, obviously the Peter Jackson movies, which I guess are about, probably about 20 years old, I guess, Crikey, at this point. Yeah. Um, or the original trio before The Hobbit came along and kind of made everyone a bit more sour towards it. They were this beautiful adaptation of those books, right? And like there was, you know, I owned, <laughs> if people recall box setting time, like I owned the extended DVD version that split the movie in half and had like five hours of DVD extras about sword design and elvish wigs and whatever, right? Gosh. And I, I, in my day, I watched yeah. it. It's been a while. But when you are watching this, everything about the production like is just lavish, right? Like every prop, every wig, every, you know, every stitch on every piece of clothing seems to have cost a lot of money. Mm. And I guess if you're going to spend a billion dollars on a show, it better look like you spent a billion dollars on a show. And certainly, when I talked about House of the Dragon a couple of weeks ago here, I said that was a lavish production. And it is lavish, but like it does pale somewhat in comparison <laughs> it's a cheap to this. piece of crap compared to that. <laughs> okay. Right now, what I will say is, watching the two episodes that have been released so far, and it's going to be every Friday from this for the next six weeks because there's only eight episodes in this first season. Though they are planning five seasons of this TV show. What I did think a little bit less so in the second episode, more so in the first was, oh my god, this is, looks amazing! Look at how beautiful and fancy this is. What's happening? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it seemed like, you know, they had spent, uh, probably, I don't know, I get like $10 million on the first episode alone, and therefore, even more than that. And they wanted you to, like, luxuriate in every second of it. But there's a difference between going to the cinema and sitting in a dark place and watching, like, a three and a half hour movie to there is watching a hour-long TV show. Mm. And uh, it's a different world and, you know, like your phone is in your pocket and and everything is designed to pull your attention away from the screen. And for me, there was just quite not enough plot in the first episode. There was just a lot of, look how opulent this is. And I was right. a bit like, yeah. okay, yeah, but what's actually going on kind of thing. Yeah, we spent all this money, so you better look at yeah. it. Yeah. Now, I will say it is, the second episode proved to be much more action-packed and and drove things along further. But probably the, the you know, the MVP of the whole thing, and I'm not I'm not sure how you pronounce her name because she's Welsh. Morphid Clark is what I'm going to go with. Okay, that sounds um, good. People will know she's in Saint Maud, which was this very cult movie a couple of years ago um, about a, like a, a religious zealot and she plays Galadriel I mean they do all the Okay who is the character Now just to be clear to yeah. people this isn't the Lord of the Rings is this a prequel it's to It's a it prequel or? Yes okay. yeah. So yeah. if you know your Lord of the Rings lore this is like many, 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 many centuries before that, right? right? Okay, but like some of the names you will recognize, and you know, and, and they they lean into the Galadriel, Isildur, blah blah blah, right? And they're doing all that kind of stuff. But look, in their Surrey accent, yeah, yes. right. And uh, uh, she is Galadriel, who was Kate Blanchett in the movies, yeah. uh, both trilogies and she is an elf and we sort of see the elves existing in this bucolic paradise and then evil comes along right and then they cross the sea to Middle Earth and uh, wage war for a couple of centuries and when we pick it up she is on a uh, like a campaign of revenge and vengeance for reasons I won't go into which will take you no time to figure out because as soon as you see it coming you'll see it coming from a mile away and uh, it's kind of a funny character right because she is ostensibly our lead she's driving the whole show but she's a bit one note like she's just this really goody good well, not goody two-shoes, but like completely driven, single-minded, focused, nothing yeah. else than that. And I don't know if you can build an entire show around 
a single-minded character, right? Okay. Because where are they going to go? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, so is the whole story so far at least pivoting around one character? Because usually you're switching perspective no, a lot. It, it is going all over the place. So we have the Harfoots with their Irish brogue and we have, uh, ma- well, we have dwarves in the second episode. We have uh, various factions of elves doing various different things. Are so the dwarves are from Glasgow? They are. The, yeah. yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, you have, and like, you know, they, they introduce one guy from, uh, who of, of late of Game, Game of Thrones, who just has a face that you're like, oh, he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> and I just predict, like, even though he's presented as a goodie, he just looks like this guy's going to go bad. So look, all in all, two episodes in, what I liked about it was this is a fantasy world that I know enough to sort of immediately be able to jump into. I already had Amazon Prime. So for me, it was no harm to just turn it on and watch it, yeah. right? Is this going to attract viewers in the in, in the way that they hope? I mean, they've spent a billion dollars on it, so I guess yeah. they really are hoping that that's going to do that. But I wouldn't, like, it certainly seemed from the first two episodes to be a, like a, a, a practical and technical masterpiece but I'm waiting to decide yet on the storyline. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Because <clears throat> you'd wonder in the sense that like everybody wants the next Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I, maybe those days don't even exist uh, anymore. That's true. And, and what I did think was noteworthy today was HBO's reaction to this was to put the first episode of House of the Dragon for free on YouTube. Okay, so, that so is, they're feeling some... <laughs> so some they're feeling under pressure. pressure. Right, okay, that's interesting. Right, our next show is called The Newsreader. All episodes streaming now on the RTE player. Here's a clip. The biggest rock band in the world, Dire Straits, have commenced their Australian tour amidst a ticket sculpting controversy with $27 seats fetching up to $400. Lead singer Mark Nofla advises fans not to spend that kind of money. Just don't do it. The other thing that I'll say is that... You need to slow um, down or there'll be dead air at the end. I'll try to move the auto cue a little slower. Try and follow me. We are back We're going to make a limited amount of tickets available. To sport now, an Australian cricket captain, Alan Broder. Broder has threatened to resign in the wake of Australia's worst, worst ever world cricket score, series score. As we put it to the blokes that... Um, He's finding his rhythm, I think. <laughs> right, OK, so is... It's it's Australian. It's Australian, and it's a huge success in Australia. It, it was nominated so the, like the IFTA of Australia is called well, I think they're called the Golden Logies, but the other ones are called the <laughs> are called the Actas, and this has like the most nominations ever, and it racked up a lot of wins. And this many people might have seen this because it's been lurking around on the RTE player for a while, but it's just one of these that I've seen constantly mentioned on social media. So I finally got a chance to catch up with it this week, and I was really glad I did because I really like it. So it's a six-part drama, six hours, and it's set in a fictional Australian news station in Melbourne in 1986 from the months of kind of January to about April or January to March. And these were a very uh, tumultuous series of months in Australia. Well, it opens with the Challenger exploding and uh, Lindy Chamberlain, uh, you know, the, the dingo, dingo took my baby. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, right. Her being okay. released from yeah. jail after six years and a bombing in Australia, in Melbourne of the police station and all these real life news events that are all framed around what's going on in this newsroom. Now, we've seen this kind of thing before, mm. right? As in the, new- the newsroom. Yeah, the yeah. newsroom. <laughs> and not successfully there. Yeah. 
But I think this does something much more interesting because it's a period piece, right? So first of all, everything is much more challenging to get together. The, the first kind of five minutes of the first episode are all about our hero, who's Dale Jennings, played by Sam Reed, who is kind of going to be the next big thing. He's, he's uh, currently filming the uh, TV version of Interview with the Vampire, where he's playing Lestat, who... Mm. Even who I, I who know nothing about Interview with the Vampire, know that that's the main guy in that yeah, show, yeah. right? And he is uh, this up and coming, well, he's a reporter with aspirations to be at the desk, at the news desk. And as we heard in the clip there, when he finally gets his shot, it all goes wrong and he's reading too fast yeah. and he can't keep up and it's a disaster. <laughs> and in the opening... In fact, you know, I think anyone who's done that has <laughs> actually done that. <laughs> well, I have, yeah. And he sort of gets paired off with the, the female news anchor, Helen Norville, who's played by Anna Torv, who people would recognise from Mindhunter and Fringe. Actually, she's the niece of Rupert Murdoch and her father is an Australian uh, broadcaster. So she knows this area inside and out. And she is this kind of tough as nails newswoman, but with uh, deeper stuff going on inside. And what would be, you know, by other people, this kind of ice queen, one note, singular performance Mm. is much more nuanced and much more layered and much more interesting. And they get paired up and form a friendship and uh, then a, a professional partnership and it's all about everyone else in the newsroom kind of stabbing each other in the back. It's, it's a bit like Mad Men meets the newsroom, right? Okay. So yeah. it's like this period piece. Everyone is kind of nice and horrible at equal measure. This, the news stories are real. And you have to understand, like, the, the limitations of technology in 1986 makes everything much harder to, mm. you know, harder to, to make. So even there's a novelty in, and... Freshness isn't the right word because it's obviously old, but like there's a there's there's a struggle to everything that makes it sort well, of to the more modern eye. It probably yeah. is a freshness. Well, true. That, yeah. yeah. So all in all, it's a hidden gem and well worth seeking out. Yeah. Then they, now the, the creator of it is Michael Lucas, who made Five Bedrooms. Was that the show you recommended before the people sharing? Yeah. It? Which was I, actually a lovely show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to credit, even though you know we we complain a lot about the RT player on this slot. Whoever does their program booking of late has been doing a really good job because between this and Sex Eyes of College Girls, of all the places for that to end up, they have some quite interesting things just lying in wait for you to seek out. Right. Now, there are reports that has improved. You can actually watch a whole program. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, yeah. Oh, well, I got through, I, I got through, I got through <laughs> the newsreader. Yeah, there you go. Right. We'll move on to our third show, uh, Gogglebox Ireland, Wednesdays at 9pm on Virgin Media 1. Now you can catch up in the Virgin Media player. Here's a clip. On Friday, we tuned in to Virgin Media 1 to find out that winter is coming. On the news at 5.30 this evening. Tonight, bad news followed by more bad news and a little bit of more bad news. After the break, Ukraine. <laughs> SSE Electricity says it has no choice but to hike electricity costs by 35% and gas bills by a whopping 39%. You can go and ask me sh- Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah, greedy shower of the whole lot of them are greedy share of They're still making profits, like it. What happens to the pig man? What happens to the pig farmer, hey, when the price of feed goes up, hey? Oh, you take the hit. Let them take the f- hit. Now, you've uh, you've said before, uh, uh, James, that, like, the Irish goggle box is among the best in the world. I think the Irish goggle box is 100% the singular best 
ad- Irish adaptation of an English successful show, yeah. right? Like, don't get me wrong, I think First Dates Ireland has caught up an awful lot, but when it started, I thought it was fairly ropey, right? But this, I mean, I think the genius is in the format, right? Like, this slot is about me talking about what I'm watching on TV, right? Yeah. So how could I how could I watch a show in which people talk about what they're watching on TV <laughs> and come down on it? But what I particularly... Meta, yes, <laughs> what I particularly like about... Um, Gogglebox Ireland is how it gives regional Irish voices a platform in a way that they n- in no other way get. Right? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. right? Uh, so you you see families from all over the country, and inevitably they they all have leather couches. That is the one defining thing <laughs> of Irish society, and they sit. And usually they actually are very much in unison in the in their in their beliefs. Now the clip we took there, like they're not really t- you know it, it's more. What I think is interesting about that clip is, you know, obviously they're talking about electricity prices, but it's very rare that you get this kind of like socio-political barometer of the Irish public, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, if I was a political party, I'd be tuning in to Gogglebox Ireland every week to sort of see which way the wind is blowing, mm. because this is literally the voice of the nation from their living room, spread out across the whole country. What else I like, what, the other thing I really want to admire about it is, this is a really, really hard show to make, right? Like, obviously, um, well, it, you know, the, the production companies, uh, the, the Kite uh, Entertainment, which is working with Studio Lambert, which is the English production mm. company, you know, they go out with their camera crews and they film across a, you know, a couple of, maybe two nights, I guess, all these families. They, they get all that footage, they bring it back to the editors who then have to try and cobbled together a, like a completely sensible sensible narrative across uh, you know discussion of of all the mm. programs with a really tight deadline yeah, you know yeah. and i just think like it deserves credit for it being a very simple formula right you just sit down you watch tv you talk about what you're doing but an excellent execution of that and I think it could run forever. Like, I think it is effectively like a timeless piece of television because what is it? It's just talking about what you're watching on TV. Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's, it's utter genius, but it, it seems to be the case in Ireland that the casting has been particularly good. Well, like everyone has their favourites, right? Yeah. And, and And my understanding is even within the show and the production itself, it's not that there are favourites, but there are more, like, there are reliables, right? Yes, like, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I imagine, uh, you know, that the, the way the production works is they, they probably go to the reliables first, see what they said, and then frame everyone else around that. And yes, there is a bit of, like, editing going on here, and maybe not everything we see is exactly as, as it was said, and there's a duty of care to make sure that nobody is defaming anyone mm. and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I just really, really have taken these people into my heart and I, I I like even when I don't like them I can find them funny in a way that <laughs> this is like terrible Brit British, British bashing like sometimes when you're watching the British one I just find them like really annoying <laughs> you know <laughs> right? like they're a bit like UKIP Tory or something and yeah. I just cannot I cannot uh, abide it whereas in Ireland it seems I mean maybe they're all just like centrists at the end of the day but there's something comfort- <laughs> comfortable in how they're all just roughly on the same page and and, and relatively nice okay that's well, no, that's not a nice comment about the programme and the country yeah. uh, really uh, that's a great thing right so that's our, that's our three shows they were The Lord of the Rings The Rings of Power new episodes every Friday on Amazon Prime Video The Newsreader all episodes of that are streaming now, streaming now on the RTE player and Gogglebox Ireland that's on Wednesdays at 9pm on Virgin Media 1 and you can catch up uh, with that on the Virgin Media player James Dempsey thanks a million thank you 
Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.